your hour of thrive time begins now with your host jay mamie on the jay mamie talk show Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to welcome those of you that are listening to our show for the very first time. You have absolutely arrived at the right place at the right time for the right reasons that are going to make a difference in your life because of yet another episode full of Thrive-minded content with some incredible people that are going to be on the show, and I'll get into all that later. But I want you to know that if you have arrived here, I want you to make sure that every minute of this show you are intently listening to all of the juicy nuggets that my guests leave behind so that you can implement them in the way that serves you best. And if you're returning to our show as a listener, then I want to thank you for being a part of our journey as we are trekking along here, providing valuable episode after valuable episode week after week. And by the way, I hear from many of you that you have taken to heart some of the content that we've covered and you've applied it in your area uh, of in the area of life that you have found needed the most rehabbing and whether that's been in fitness or in your finance or in your business or your entrepreneurial journey or in your relationship there has been something that you've gleaned from the show and that has helped you along your walk. And I'm so thankful and grateful and I'm humbled by the fact that you are experiencing those progressions because of your time that you've invested, the time that you've invested on our show, the Jay Mamie Talk Show, and in your hour of Thrive Time. So thank you again for continuing to support our program. By the way, if you've not had a chance to hear our prior episodes, you can hop on over to my show site, the jmamietalkshow.com, and there you'll find not only where our show airs on its national syndication run, but you're also going to be able to find all of our prior episodes as you can hear them on a number of our podcast platforms. So if you have not had a chance to hear the prior shows, I want to encourage you to go there and check out those episodes and begin to binge here and get caught up to speed with all of the goodness that has already been shared on our show and why our show has been nominated now for one of the um, top shows of the year. So we're excited about that. And you're going to find out why uh, for a a new show. That's quite an honor. And I also want to be uh, mindful. I want to give Shout out to our our sponsors who support this program, and we're going to hear from two of our sponsors today, but Later is one of our sponsors. They're in the real estate world, and we're going to hear a little bit more about them today as as, uh, someone who is involved with Selling Later is going to be on the show, but also Dumont's Capital Partners and JRF Financial, two business titans that are there to support the startup company or the company that's looking to sell. Those two organizations are fantastic. They've been on our show, fantastic sponsors, and of course, today we're going to hear from yet another sponsor, uh, Jack Lotteryman is a CPA firm, a world-recognized CPA firm right here out of Dallas, but does work all over the country, um, but he is known all over the world. Jack Lotteryman, fortunate to have him here on the show, and he's also one of our sponsors. So we've got jam-packed goodies all throughout our show, not only program for today, but we've got the right people at the right places promoting our show. And I want you to know that there is a way for you to stay in touch with me 
I get questions, I get emails, I get comments and feedback sent to me on a daily basis. And I appreciate that so much because I'm the kind of guy that likes to hear what directions I need to go into in order to serve you better. If I've got to make adjustments to serve you better and and bring content that's going to help you thrive, I want to hear the feedback. And I have been getting it, which is why I continue to encourage you to check in with me, to plug in with me, to stay connected with me on all my platforms, whether it's Facebook, the J Mamie, that's my Facebook page or LinkedIn. You could track me down my, my LinkedIn page. If you're involved with the platforms, the social media platforms, the handles, my Instagram and Twitter at the J Mamie. And you could also just basically send me an email, j at the jmamie.com. I'd love to stay in touch with you in all ways that we can, so that way I can serve your needs better. Let's talk about today's guest, folks. Our first guest today is not only one of the most renowned voices in the real estate and especially the relocation experience, that Lindy Chapman is stopping by our station today, and she's going to be sharing with us what is going on in the real estate market right now? And a better person to share with us what's happening is Lindy Chapman. She is the founder of 180 Relocation. She's also the host of Lindy Live on LinkedIn, one of those awesome LinkedIn live shows. She's going to be with us a little bit later on in the show to share thoughts about what buyers and sellers need to be thinking about right now based on her expansive wisdom and her experience. That's going to be a fantastic conversation. But we're also going to have a conversation with one of the most recognized attorneys in the world of labor and employment and contract and litigation management. A popular figure here in the Dallas community, Joe Garza Jr., is not only an attorney, but he specializes in commercial law and risk mitigation. He's the go-to guy, and we're fortunate to have him on the show today. He's going to speak to us about how do we put the right protection in place and how do we ask the right questions. If you're a business owner, how do you do that? How do you not get blindsided so that you don't lose in litigation or by some lawsuit uh, what you've worked so hard for. How do you protect yourself if you're a business person? We're going to talk to Joe Garza about that and his infinite wisdom of, of being in the industry for decades. Joe Garza is going to show us uh, how to do that. And finally, it's tax time, guys, and we're going to continue to talk about how do you handle tax season. So many folks reach out to me and ask me questions as it pertains to Taxes. Well, we've brought in the specialist. Uh, Jack Lottering CPA has been one of the founding fathers of the CPA teaching movement here in Dallas, Texas, but he's known nationally. His representative is going to be here to share with us what's happening now as we are diving into the tax season. So we've got quite a jam-packed show today, folks. I want you to know that you've arrived at the right place at the right time to get your Thrive-Minded content for this week. So make sure that you buckle up because we're going to get started in about a minute or two. But before I, we do that, I want to give you my final Thrive thoughts. Before we dive into the next show, I want to give you my final Thrive thought. And here's my Thrive thought for the day. I don't know what you're planning on doing with your life, or I don't know what it is that you have a dream of doing, but here's what it's going to take. It's going to take you being intentional and having intensity. Now, last week, I talked about being humble and hungry. I want to talk about today, as we close out this first segment, that the value of your success to the degree that your success will be as great as you want it to be is going to be based on your intentionality 
Are you intent about where you're going, about your plans, about who you're hanging out with, about what you're reading? How intentional are you? And then once you have that intent in place, you better have intensity. You better ratchet up intensity. And by the way, intensity simply means how much activity you're cramming, how much activity you're focusing on in a short amount of time. That's the true measure, the true definition, the true understanding of intensity. Lots of activity, focus for a short amount of time, and letting that create the momentum. So you have to have intensity, but you also have to be intentional. One without the other won't work. Guys, we're going to be right back after the break with our guests, but we're just getting started in your hour of Thrive Time. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. So you've built a successful business? Now what? Transform your successful business into a valuable business. That's where Dumont Capital Partners comes in. We've built a step-by-step process designed to drive up your business's value and give you back control over your time. Whether you want to sell for a premium or just know that you could, Dumont Capital Partners will give you the life and business you deserve. Contact us at valuebuilderus.com. That's thevaluebuilderus.com. Hi there, this is Rishi. I'm a young entrepreneur who founded RNL Fashion at the age of 16. RNL currently sells a mixture of casual wear, such as our high quality hoodies, to our sportswear, such as our tank tops. And the best bit is, we ship internationally. I soon will be releasing the men's latest logo hoodie with a range of colors. RNL can be found on our Instagram, which is rl underscore dot fashion. Alternately, our website is www.rlfashion.store. Welcome back, everyone, to the J. Mamie Talk Show. In the station this afternoon, we've got a fantastic person. I mentioned her earlier, Lindy Chapman. First of all, Lindy Chapman is not your typical realtor, and you'll find out why in a few minutes. But she's the founder of Relocation 180. She's also the host of Lindy Talk. Uh, She's one of the most sought-after people when it comes to understanding the real estate process, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And she couldn't be a better person to talk to currently today, especially with what's happening in the real estate market. It's kind of all over the place, a little bit of uh, unpredictability happening right now. So having her on the show to talk about how to thrive in this area is so important. So, Lindy Chapman, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay, it's great to see you here. All right. So before we dive into all the goodness that you've got to share, Lindy, I'd like for you to get our listeners up to speed by sharing a little bit of uh, your story. Uh, Well, it's pretty simple. I was a relocation client about a dozen times moving around the country as well as internationally with um, because of my husband's job. And we had a particularly challenging move. Several of them were really great, really hinged on the real estate agent a lot of times, no Mm -hmm. matter how much a company was um, paying to move us. Um, but we had a move to Dallas. First time we had moved to Dallas, we're moving back after a overseas assignment and it was just particularly challenging. It Mm -hmm. was really horrible. And the company had spent probably close to $200,000 to move us here, but it all hinged again on being connected to the wrong real estate agent. Um, because one of the big challenges is, is that you are looking in a big area and you need someone who's local and Mm -hmm. you need somebody who has the time that you need 
and that understands those unique challenges of being brand new to an area that's completely unfamiliar. And I learned later on after I became a real estate agent some of the challenges that I didn't understand that would have probably made me a lot more empathetic towards my real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was kind of when the light bulb came on of, okay, we've got a client that needs one thing in an industry that operates somewhere totally different. Mm -hmm. And so that was what, again, compelled me to become a real estate agent and then caused me to create 180 Relocation. And then again, the the podcast called Relotalk, which we're actually going to revamp and relaunch again in March. But that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So that's interesting. You didn't set out early on no. to be a realtor. I didn't like real estate agents. Look at that. That's <laughs> interesting. You know, so you actually were impassioned because of uh, of your experience, and you really set out to almost right or wrong. Right. Well, and we had some great agents along the way, so I don't want to throw everybody under the bus. Mm-hmm. And and what I again realized later on is that part of the problem is is that there's no division of labor a lot of times relocation companies, brokerages, lead generation sites, which are becoming more and more prevalent, are taking up to 50, 60% of a real estate agent's commission. Mm. So I might be working with a real estate agent who's making such a small portion of that commission, there's no way that I can expect to get the service that I need, especially as the needs of today's clients have changed. Mm -hmm. You think about, you know, COVID and what that's done to us now. We moved back to Dallas in um, last year. We could have literally lived anywhere in this, not only literally anywhere in the city of Dallas, Fort Worth, but we could have lived anywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just created a real challenge for real estate agents, for the consumers they serve. And But we're stuck operating in this old system that hasn't, hasn't really evolved completely with the consumer. Well, relocation right now is happening all over the country, right? Especially right here in Dallas. But right. I can't. Uh, I talk to folks all day long, and there's folks that are leaving the Northeast, going yeah. down North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of relocating happening across the country. Yeah. Do you see that as anything that's changing anytime soon? And how would you uh, advise those people that are going through this relocation process? Well, most of my clients are coming from other places. Um, I do list houses here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but primarily work with um, – Uh, buyers as well coming in mainly from the west coast Mm -hmm. but um, they're looking for a better quality of life they're ready to get their kids out of schools that have masks they're ready to pay fewer you know less in taxes three of my clients are leaving their businesses and starting over here that's how impassioned they are about starting over in a place that will allow them more freedom now they are looking at texas they're looking in tennessee they're looking in florida they're looking in places that um, have policies that are more conducive to the life that they want to lead, the business policies in place, the tax um, measures in place that will uh, set them up for success and help mm-hmm. them get out of the, the challenges that they're finding where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, people are looking. So what I will typically do is really help somebody weigh the pros and cons of moving to Dallas-Fort Worth if they're also interested in another area. I will connect them with people there, not necessarily real estate agents. I might connect them with other people who have relocated there, um, people that I know that love and, and love Nashville or love Orlando or maybe even think about I have a client right now wanting to move out of, um, out of San Francisco and she was looking at here or she was looking in Florida which, because she wanted to be on the East Coast and I mentioned Charleston. And her eyes lit up. She was like, I hadn't thought about Charleston. Mm. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to connect her to somebody who lives in Charleston and um, that it also relocated there from California. So really, yeah, the whole world's been opened up. Okay. Um, but a real estate agent is there to sell you a house. I'm there to help you find home. Mm. And there's a real difference in that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. The real estate industry needs improvement. 
<laughs> a little bit. Right. And it's funny because I was recently doing a um, another show and I had a real estate uh, director from a big firm mm-hmm. um, on the show as the guest that was co-hosting that podcast. And I asked her a question about the real, uh, real estate experience. And she said, well, we're looking to revamp and, and enhance the realtor experience. And I thought to myself, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> and that is the kind of the ugly truth about the industry. I'll never forget. I was at Inman, which is a big conference in New York City back in 2020, January. And somebody said, um, we are in this business to serve real estate agents. This was a head of a big brokerage, a VP. Mm-hmm. And I just, my stomach dropped. It's right. like, and all of a sudden kind of the lights came on and it was like, Starting to make sense. But if you really understand the industry, we have 3 million licensed real estate agents in the U.S. We have 1.6 million members of the National Association of Realtors. You want to take a guess at how many homes are for sale right now in the U.S.? I would have to say less than than a million probably, right? 400,000. 400,000. And you've got 1.6 million licensed or, or members of NAR. Realtors, but like New York City, which I know you're from New York City, mm-hmm. they're not members of NAR. So you've got 50,000 agents in the New York City area that aren't even members of NAR, and then there are other cities that are the same way. Um, so we have an overabundance of agents, and um, and then we get yeah, we are still clinging to this this model. And, and again, it's nothing wrong with I will charge six percent at times when I list a home mm-hmm. if I provide a value that matches that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also work with for sale by owners. I will also work with people that. Um, selling later i know there's one of your sponsors this month um that enables consumers to do it a little bit differently maybe take control of it if you own a million dollar house you've probably been a pretty astute business person in your life Mm -hmm. and so a lot of those very astute business people that have been smart enough to own a million dollar home and have a million dollars in equity are pretty good at fending for themselves right and they need an opportunity in the real estate industry as technology changes things as technology changes the buyers to take a little bit more control of that process Let's talk about technology a little bit because that sort of leads up to my, my next question. I know that buyers or sellers, uh, they're demanding more these days in terms of value, service, uh, pricing, and, and fairness. What are they demanding more between all of those things? And technology could be one yeah. of them. You know, I think a big thing is is that there is no one-size-fits-all model anymore. Okay. There are people yeah. that will not blink an eye at paying 6% on a million-dollar home. That's going to be $60,000. Um, and they're not going to blink an eye at doing that. Um, and then there are other people that want to do 1% and then they're going to want full service with that as well, which Mm -hmm. can be a real challenge, but they're wanting options. You think about Netflix has given us options, right? We can get our movies on demand and we just pay a flat fee Uber before, before COVID. And you still have it to some degree. Now you have choices. You can do a shared ride. You could do an Uber XL. You can do um, a medium-sized car, I can wait 15 minutes. We we want options, and we mm-hmm. want it when we want it now. And, and that's the challenge of the real estate industry is that it's it it's not one-size-fits-all. You do have all these innovators coming in, um, but it's confusing. Right. How do I know the difference between this broker versus this broker versus an iBuyer program? What happens when I put my information online and into one of these lead generation companies. What is that? How does that impact the service I'm going to receive? Because what I don't know is the lack of transparency that that lead generation company is now taking 35 to 50% of the agent. I end up working with their commission. Mm. Is that really doing me a service? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what consumers want. They want transparency. They want to understand this. They want to, um, to know what their options are when they go to sell. 
right? and not just be stuck with a, a brokerage that does – every brokerage has kind of a one-size-fits-all way of doing things. Not mm-hmm. every brokerage. My brokerage is a little bit more um, – I'm with Real, and we have a, a, a commission split that enables us to have a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the word transparency, and I think that's probably the mic drop right there. Mm-hmm. And that's probably – um, what most people want, and that's, I would guess that's the least of what they get. Is that fair to right. say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did a poll on LinkedIn um, just last week, and it was really interesting, the results. Um, and anybody that's on here that's on LinkedIn, please connect with me there. That's the best place to find me. Mm, that's um, right. But is, I asked people if they understood fees and how they worked and, and referral fees. And as a, I looked last, 70-something percent of the people that responded did not understand them. Mm. And these are business people, sure. right? And and I get it. I Again, we had bought and sold, I think, eight homes before I became a real estate agent. I didn't understand. My husband didn't. We, we both were shocked to find out how it really worked, mm-hmm. where those fees are really going. Why are sellers still paying 3% to a buyer's agent? What happens if you find one of those homes? Because now there are companies that are only offering 1%, 1.5%, 2% to a buyer's agent. How does that serve you as a consumer? How does that work against you as a consumer? It's hard to understand any of that unless you've really gotten into the industry and and, and kind of taken a deep dive. Uh, Linda, you really are not the regular realtor. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Let's let's in our last few minutes here. I want to talk with you about something that may not be easy to answer, but right now the market um, is 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 changing, right? The environment is changing. <laughs> it's topsy-turvy. Every article every day is mm-hmm. talking about a downturn and interest rates are rising. Based on your experience, what are you hearing? What should sellers and buyers be thinking about? You know what? I wish I had a crystal ball because I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be on an island somewhere because I'd have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you hear both sides. And so I do a lot of research. I read everybody and, and all the gurus and what they're saying. The bottom line is I think you've got to figure out what's best for you. Mm-hmm. I, who knows when the downturn is going to happen? I don't think it's coming up. If you ask a real estate agent, they're like, yeah, you better buy now um, because that's our job. But right. at the same time, we could have a downturn. I don't think it's going to be 2008. But I think you've got to figure out what is best for you. What is the what are the what is your pain tolerance for your house going down or paying overpaying in order to get a house? You've really got to decide on you and what your individual needs are, how long you're planning to stay in a home. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. You, every person is going to have their own customized experience. Mm-hmm. And if you want to pay more, you can afford it, fine. Um, but I, I think in, to, to try to figure out what's going to happen over the next 6 to 12 months, that's a challenge, right? right. Let's talk about selling later. Give us some details on selling later and, and what's the story behind it? So Selling Later is one of several companies that I consult for. It was founded by Wendy Gilch. She was a consumer. She was selling her home. They were building another home, and she wished there was some kind of platform, some way that she could let friends, neighbors, people know, agents know that they were going to be selling in May when it was January. And um, and so she ended up creating it. And it's a really brilliant platform. It's not a for sale by owner platform, but it really is to let consumers figure out um, – Put their house out there, let people know. And um, I, for example, I've got a buyer right now, and they are buying a home that the seller is building a home. Okay. And so this allows them to go ahead and buy the home. Now there's some lender implications and stuff, but granted, if you can work through all that, they can buy the home. They can help the seller know that it's already going to sell. They've got the money, and then they can lease it back until they're ready to move into their new home. And so it just iBuyer programs do that, but they come at a really high price. Okay. Ten to 
11% a lot of times. Well, Lindy, one of the things that I'm very happy about is you're going to be back on the show the following month in March, yes, the following month again in April. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to pick your brain and keep us up to speed, sort of as this, this ongoing uh you know, we're a realtor on the realtor on the road, sort of realtor on the street, right? Keeping the finger yeah. on on the pulse yeah. of things. So we appreciate being on the show today. Thanks so much, Jay. I appreciate it, folks. We're going to be right back after the break. Selling your home later this year, you don't have to be in hiding while you wait to sell your home. Test the waters and get connected with future buyers by posting your future sale on Selling Later Now, the only independent consumer resource. Selling Later lets you connect with future buyers, regardless of how you're selling or if you even know yet how you want to sell. Create your free account to get connected and learn how to prepare to sell at sellinglater.com. Are you having a hard time finding commercial funding? Is this challenge stalling your business goals and dreams? At JRF Financial, we specialize in getting your commercial funding and challenges resolved because we work with the largest SBA lender in the country. We work with over 33 different types of alternative lending and can fund anything from equipment to real estate. So don't let funding challenges stop you. Call JRF Financial at 844-484-6248 or visit us at jrffinancial.org. Do you find yourself feeling sluggish, stressed, foggy-brained, or need focus and clarity? MacArthur Accommodations can help you get on the right track to begin your healing today from the inside out. We specialize in helping you to reflect, recharge, and renew yourself one step at a time. Come join our immunity community at immunityforlife.net for free tips, discounts, upcoming workshops, and a list of our services. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. About to have a fantastic conversation about what I believe is one of the areas that most people are unaware of. And it may seem dry and crusty, this conversation about taxes and new tax plan changes and the Biden tax plan. And, you know, here we are as part of our thriving you in 22. But there are certain areas that you need to be aware of that uh, can affect your ability to thrive in one way or another. And I'm a big proponent of knowing how money works, especially when it comes to the area of taxes. Not sexy, but incredibly important. And it's rare to find a tax professional that can be lively and entertaining and have a great personality like Adam Cohen from Jack Lottery and CPA firm in Arlington. But he's with us today in the studio to help us address how do we prepare so we can thrive in what I believe is an area that's important, and that's in the tax planning area because there's some changes that are coming up that we need to know about. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Jim. Really excited to be here. I'm glad to speak to you and your audience about thriving, succeeding, and hopefully avoiding some of these increases in tax. All right. Well, that's why you're here. Before we dive into all the goodness that I want you to share with our audience today, I I, I want to see if you could share with us a little bit about you and a little bit about the practice. Sure, sure. So the practice has been around since 1988. Uh, Jack is native to Arlington, but he's from South Africa. Mm. And he's he's a great CPA. He's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, Myself, I started 14 years ago actually working in tax law firms, dealing with litigation and that gave me kind of a background that made me look at taxes from a different perspective than perhaps your regular accountant and tax manager. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that Jack Lauderman has been around since 1988. He's very popular. I, I, I've known of him. I certainly have heard great things of the firm. Uh, that's the reason why you're on the show representing the firm. Uh, it's important to have quality individuals on the program. But you're also local here in DFW. True. Right? You yes. are a longstanding staple of uh, financial work here in, in, uh, in DFW. But you're not limited to just doing work here uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. My understanding is that you have clients all over the world. That's true. South Africa, Italy, UK, and all throughout the United States. Wonderful. All right, so let's talk about this. Why are so many people concerned about the Biden tax plan, which is supposed to take effect now in January? Right. The proposed legislation is on the table still being worked out. Uh, President Biden would like this thing to be passed by Friday. I think that's ambitious. I don't think that's going to happen. The legislation has changed many times. It continues to change. It's very fluid. And we're looking at some very drastic changes to how the tax laws are administered, how we're all impacted individually, both as as uh, employees and as small business owners. Heck, our, our retirement accounts are potentially going to be changed, how they're taxing those. And some of the things that are coming out of the administration are, are quite frankly, very frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it requires some planning, being mm-hmm. very strategic about what we're going to do, uh, especially for our high net worth individuals. You know, one of the things that I I'm, I know because I've been in financial work for 30 years, uh, Adam, is, and it's 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 just it it is what it is. What I'm about to say, most people don't pay attention. That's true, <laughs> and that's for a number of reasons. We're busy. We've got families we're raising. We're pursuing the next project, and and there's certain things that we don't want to think about, don't like to think about, and quite frankly, don't understand. So why bother thinking about them? Absolutely. <laughs> and this is one of those areas, but it's important because it will affect people. In one way or another. So let's talk about that. How will this potential tax plan affect most people? And uh, who's going to end up paying more in taxes? Because we know that's part of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the one of the major components of this is a change in how the tax brackets work. Anyone, uh, the, the line from the administration was anyone over $400,000 a year and adjusted gross wasn't going to see or anyone below that, rather, was not going to see any kind of increase in their tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing now that for single individuals, up to 400000 that is true. But now the married individuals, mm. joint income, if you're over four fifty, well, you're going to see a pretty drastic increase. Your top marginal rate's going to be almost 40%. Wow. That's just the income tax. Now they're talking about, especially if you're you know, self-employed, mm-hmm. you're going to have an additional potential 3.9% uh, investment tax that's mm. going to get tacked on top of that. And it used to be that if you were actively involved in this business, no, you wouldn't have this extra tax. Now they're throwing that on top. Uh, that's part of the proposed legislation. Could be very hefty, very hefty. Yeah, the problem with that is that doesn't factor in state taxes. That's true. Right? Now, I know here in, in Texas, which is one of the reasons I moved here, <laughs> we don't have that problem. That's right. God bless Texas. Yeah, God bless Texas is right. But when I lived in New York, that was a big problem. Oh, yeah. And in many, many of the states, I know they're seeing also increases in their own tax rates. Uh, so you, you couple that with the with potential federal tax rate increase. You're talking about a big chunk of a person's income uh, going to taxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and keep in mind, right, we're talking about what currently is law is, is almost 11 and uh, 11.7 million dollars of your estate is excluded from taxation. That seems like a lot, but when you're 85 years old, 
and you've accumulated a business which was thriving. Mm -hmm. You've accumulated retirement accounts, investments, some property. Maybe you have a couple rentals. You could very easily be, uh, you know, approaching six million dollars, mm -hmm. and that is something you want transferred to your family. Well, what the Biden tax plan is currently proposing is to cut that exclusion in half down to just over six million. Mm -hmm. Easily, you could reach that and exceed it. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some planning points that can be done. Now, they very well could do away with these as well. We currently utilize various types of trusts, mm -hmm. and these trusts can also be yanked out from under us. Right. That's one of the things they're talking about. Right. Uh, but that's another way to shelter uh, this for the benefit of your family and your heirs. And it's a consideration that we've got to give a lot of thought to. You know, speaking about that, that, that deals with estate. Yes. Right. So one of the things I read and, and you know, in New York, at least I didn't meet too many farmers. <laughs> I don't know if any farmers in here. They could be. I'm, I'm sure there are. But uh, I didn't see them in, the, in the Spanish Harlem where I grew up. Uh, so but out here, there's a ton of farmers out here. Yes. And one of the conversations that I continue to hear and again, me not having knowledge, prior knowledge to that whole farming uh, industry. But I'm hearing a lot of farmers, a lot of landowners who own farm are starting to reposition their land and their their properties and their assets into a trust mm -hmm. for the very same reason. Can you elaborate how that works? Yeah, the uh, the idea behind it, of course, is you've got this appreciating asset. You've bought farmland. Let's say you bought it at one and a half million dollars, and you're using it to raise up your cattle. Well, if you farm and ranch for thirty years, by the time you get ready to retire, and maybe you're uh, you're looking to transfer this this farm and it, it's uh, assets onto your family, there's a very high likelihood that this thing's appreciated in value 10, 20 fold, mm -hmm. you know, as, as urban sprawl continues. So it, you look at the, uh, the ways that we can move this asset out of a person's name is when they buy this, instead of putting it into their personal name or into a business name, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of these farmers or ranchers, what they're doing is they're buying it into uh, a particular kind of trust. There's, there's a lot of them that are utilized depending mm -hmm. upon what they're looking for. But there's a code section 678 trust is a big one mm -hmm. that um, Biden's looking to try to get rid of. And you put the, your asset into this and it grows tax-free and you're able to move it into your, your children's name upon your demise uh, tax-free. And it's, it's a beautiful tool. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of ranchers go for. Yeah, and that's amazing because most people, I would I would say, aren't aware of the options they do have, at least for the moment. Right. But speaking about options, let's talk about what the individuals and companies right now, they're hearing this show, maybe they're sort of thinking about this, they've seen or have read something online about this potential tax changes that are that are could be uh, could affect them. What questions should they be asking? What should they be looking to do to become prepared and more aware of what's around the corner? Yeah, that's a that's a real good question. Uh, so the questions I'd ask myself if I was in that situation are, you know, what do I do to control the value of my estate so that my heirs are getting more of what I'm trying to leave to them and they're getting the most value out of it? Uh, and do I have a tax plan in place now to control the impact of these proposed increases and, and the the taxes as they stand now. And the vast majority of people don't. Mm -hmm. uh, they just don't understand the value of it or they don't even know that it's an option. Uh, but that would be where I'd start. And then the next question I'd have is, is my business structure set up in the most advantageous way 
that I'm able to save for retirement, that I'm able to build that wealth that I'm trying to give to my family, that I'm able to, you know, grow the company and, and help my family succeed going forward generationally. Now, I understand that there is also uh, on the table tax consequences or tax changes to an individual's 401k. Potentially, yes. Okay. Yeah. One of the, the thoughts, and, and actually there's several regarding retirement plans, is uh, the, the most recent one I heard was potentially doing away with Roth IRAs and really? Roth, Roth 401ks. Wow. Yes. I hope that is not the case. Yeah, I hope not either. Yeah. Uh, the other is potentially taxing uh, the value of large dollar 401ks. Now, the amount of that continues to change, but mm-hmm. you know we've heard $10 million. Same thing with IRAs. They're looking at if you're over $10 million, you're not, not only are you potentially going to be taxed on what's the value, but you're potentially going to be taxed on if you try to put more money into it, or they're going to say, you can't put any more money into your retirement account. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to step up how quickly you have to start taking distributions from this account. So the IRA and potentially the 401k, they're going to become less and less good tools uh, if they pass this legislation as it's currently written. I tell you what, if they do away with the Roth IRA, mm-hmm. that would be very detrimental to a lot of people. Yeah. And it just takes off the table another resource to be able to accumulate dollars where you can have that, that knowing that uh, it's tax-free growth. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, she just came out and said, you know, we ought to consider taxing uh, unrealized gains, capital gains. I, I don't understand that How mindset. Can that even, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, of course, they say they're target billionaires, but mm-hmm. as we well know, uh, these have a trickle-down effect and sure. it can impact everybody. Sure. Right. It starts somewhere and then just continues to migrate like a virus. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So we're talking about these tax changes that can take place. Supposedly, they're looking uh, at the beginning of the year, right? But you mentioned right. that's not set in stone. Correct. What could delay that? I mean, what's? I know it's a moving target. Sure. Well, it's all politics, of course, and, okay. and the the negotiations back and forth will be the biggest thing, and and whether or not President Biden feels like he's gotten what he's ultimately wanting to get out of this deal, because mm-hmm. there's more to it than simply the tax changes. This is a large bill. Uh, they call it the uh, the Build Back Better Act. Uh, mm-hmm. Incorporated in that is a large portion of Biden's tax plan. Um, I am thinking that even if they were to suddenly Congress and, and the Senate were able to, or the House and the Senate were suddenly able to come to a, to a reconciliation on this thing, you're probably looking at a delayed implementation into the first or second quarter of next year. Okay, but that may even be ambitious. Right, right. So in our final minute here, um, Adam, how is Jack Lottery CPA firm, where you're the tax manager of, how is your firm going to continue to to bring further awareness to not only individuals but the business owners about the new tax changes? What are you doing to bring awareness to them? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, what we do is we have a monthly newsletter that we send out to all of our clients that says, hey, here's what we know about. Here's what looks like is going to happen. And included in that are various strategies we're recommending. We are also speaking individually with clients we know are going to be impacted. Mm-hmm. When we're meeting with potential clients, we're taking cues on, hey, is this person potentially going to be impacted as well? And then we're meeting with these uh, these potential clients and existing clients on a somewhat regular basis. We're trying to do this once a month to get together for uh, face-to-face uh, uh, talks with a group of folks about this is a big issue that we need to talk about and uh, trying to keep in touch with them. Okay. So where can people track 
uh, the firm down to get more information and maybe have uh, you work on their services. Well, absolutely. Give me a call. That's the first and foremost. We're at 817-231-0666. So I know 0666. That sounds like tax devils, <laughs> but I promise we're good. And then uh, you can find us online at uh, dfwtaxteam.com, dfwtaxteam.com. Adam, we appreciate you being on the show today. Appreciate you having me, Jay. It's good talking with you. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Have you gotten behind on your personal or payroll taxes due to COVID-19? I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Resolution Manager at Jack Lauderman CPA. The collection arm of the IRS has resumed enforcement action. You may have received demand letters threatening liens or levies. Our firm specializes in resolving complex tax problems. There are options available. Go to txcpaoffice.com and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's txcpaoffice.com. Are you a business owner who has legal issues or questions? Are you a business owner who does not want to hire an attorney because of the cost? My name is Joey Garza with the law firm of Gravel, Martin & Fulton. I concentrate my practice on helping businesses solve their legal issues efficiently. I also help clients reduce their legal risk to avoid costly legal conflicts. My email is jgarza at gravelmartin.com. My phone number is 817-602-5815. Joey Garza is responsible for this advertising, and my primary practice location is Dallas-Fort Worth. Are you looking for ways to take your work culture from stagnant to amazing? Would you like help turning your managers into leaders who bring out the best in people? My name is Brian Rollo of Brian Rollo Consulting Group, and I help people solve these challenges daily through my proven leadership and culture programs. If you'd like expert help, visit me online at brianrollo.com, B-R-I-A-N-R-O-L-L-O.com, and let's move your team forward. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In the studio, yet again, another fantastic guest. I love having guests in the station. It's one thing to interview individuals remotely, but there's just something different and magical about having a guest in the station. The vibe is just, the vibe is alive, right? Right. So today we've got our, our what I'm going to call our, our in-house, our residential litigation business attorney, Joe Garza, I mentioned earlier on, is one of the most renowned individuals in Dallas for the work that he does. He's uh, known for to many as the savior of business, <laughs> yes. the business owner's savior. And uh, so when someone has that kind of credentials and that reputation, uh, you have to have a guy like that on the show to bring value, especially when we're talking about thriving in the business community. And as I said earlier, the last thing you want to find out is the things that you've worked so hard for uh, through some blindsided experiences taken away from you. And, and there's no reason for that experience to happen if you know ahead of time how to protect yourself and how to surround yourself with the right minds to help you achieve that protection. And that's why Joe Garza is here today. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jay. Joe, before we dive into the goodness of what you do, I'd like for you to share a little bit of your interesting story with our listeners. Well, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I, I'm the luckiest Catholic in Texas. I went to undergraduate school at Notre Dame. All right. And then uh, then I went to law school at the University of Texas and passed the bar exam in, in 1978. And then I owed a commitment to the U.S. Army. So I went into the U.S. Army as a JAG. And, All right. And I was stationed both in Germany and Fort Hood. Okay. And I was a prosecutor for about six years Wow. doing that work. And then I came back to Texas and uh, in the Dallas area. I did civil litigation for about four years. 
And then I went in-house with a company called GTE, which, as you know, merged with Bell Atlantic Mm -hmm. in 2000 and became Verizon. Mm. So I stayed with GTE, Verizon, and their subsidiaries for 25 years as an in-house lawyer, uh, doing a variety of of work on different subject areas uh, and uh, getting to know a lot of people traveling around. Most of my time was spent in Dallas, but I also spent some time in Arlington, Virginia, Mm-hmm. And, of course, the city in New York. That's quite the resume, Joe. That is quite the resume. I didn't know you served our country as a JAG. I appreciate you. Thank you for your service, brother. Thank you. Man, you could write a book on your whole life, Joe. Joe I mean, you, you, you probably should, too. Possibly. It's a good idea. It's a good idea if I get some time. Yeah, yes. Either that or college sports, one or the other. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what's, what's the specialty of your practice? Yeah, so as an in-house lawyer, I was uh, helping the the executive team with all their legal issues. So they would come to me with their questions and I either answered them myself or I get them the expert. So my expertise is helping a business succeed by just resolving their legal issues. And if I can't have the answer, I will get them the the expert they need. Mm -hmm. So that's just the goal. Excellent. Move move the ball forward. So what would you say then are the legal landmines that many businesses find themselves stepping on? Yeah, so I'm going to concentrate on the ones that I'm dealing with now. So I I joined this firm when I left in-house, and we are a bunch of ex-in-house lawyers. And the majority of our clients are small and medium-sized businesses, and they Mm -hmm. don't have an in-house lawyer. Right. So uh, their legal issues are different than Verizon's would be, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. But there's three areas that they need to watch out for. Are Are they keeping their corporate governance up to date, their employee relations and then finally, are their contracts up to snuff? Are they are they avoiding risks and avoiding disputes? Those are the three areas. Those are the three areas I discuss with every business that I that I engages me. Let me ask you, governance, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say we have a listener of the show who who's brand new business, right? He doesn't know what that means. Can you clarify a little bit of what that means so that way a listener who might be a good candidate to give you a call understands better? why that's important. Yeah, so any attorney would help them pick the right legal entity in which to operate their business, and the right legal entity would protect them individually from personal liability. Okay. And and so the discussions among the different legal entities are dependent upon tax issues and what the needs of, of the business are. So it's it's a discussion that you have. You make sure that you get that lined up correctly, and you make sure that they keep their records correct as they move through the business to make sure they keep that business going. Wonderful. Where would you say that a business then needs to be proactive in in securing uh, themselves so that they're legally protected not to be blindsided? I would say the contracts uh, are, are, the, are, the, are the main uh, issue that I discuss with businesses, the contracts with their vendors mm-hmm. and their contracts with their customers. Obviously, your contracts with your customers have to be good so that your customer will sign it, but you want to protect yourself in both instances from risk and from and to avoid disputes with both those those entities. With regards to contracts, where have you seen in your experience that business owners get hurt the most? Uh, because there's all sorts of different contracts. And uh, you know, if you are, as you mentioned, if you are a small business, you don't have in-house counsel, chances are you'll make those decisions on those contracts on your own without securing any second set of eyes. Give me some some examples of, examples of how things can go terribly wrong in, in that arena. Yeah, so I would say that the main thing that could go terribly wrong with a vendor is that you let the vendor give them your 
their your their contract and you just sign it without reading it or you sign it without looking at all the provisions in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you may be operating business in in Dallas and agree to resolve your dispute in California, which oh. would cost you a, a a lot of money to do that if you had a dispute with them. Um, with your customer contracts, you want to be fair, but you want to be able to resolve the disputes in a manner that's fair to both parties, which mm-hmm. is a little bit different spin than with your vendors. But the, the examples are if you just give in to what the customer wants and you change you change your form. You have to have a form, I would say. You'd have to have a form when you're dealing with your customers. And it's your, you know, it's your, it's whatever your product or service is, you've got to describe your product and service in your contract and then adjust the terms so that it gives the customer what they want and still lowers your risk. Okay. So if I have a business listening, uh, a business listener, and my audience, uh, by the way, Joe, predominantly are business owners, entrepreneurs, so people that are self-employed. And education is a key part of being able to defend yourself, right? To make mm-hmm. sure that you are in a good place where you're not going to experience some kind of negative outcome. But share with us one testimonial of an outcome that, that didn't favor the business owner due to lack of the right protection or the right education about protection. Yeah, I thought about that, uh, and it's actually not going to be on contracts. Okay. It's, it's, it's actually going to be uh, on corporate governance. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot of owners feel like they've got to give a key employee equity in their business. And, you know, it's one thing for me to get a stock option from Verizon because, you know, I can sell that on the stock exchange. Whenever I want to get my money, I can just sell it at the price I want to sell it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a private business, your stock's not being traded on the stock exchange or it's not being traded at the NASDAQ. And so you have a dispute that comes up with the employee that you gave quote unquote equity to. And that really, I mean, that's been a repeat issue that I've had with, Mm. with business owners over and over again. So if you're going to do that, it has to be done correctly in the right agreements. If you're not, and I always try to talk them out of doing it, just give them the cash. What I would say. Okay. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you have someone that is a startup and uh, because they really don't have money to pay salaries or pay for counsel, um, they offer stock options uh, to their company. How complex can that be if that's their only way of paying an employee on the promise of the valuation of their stock? Yeah. So, of course, I'm not going to give legal advice right, on the radio right, no, here, course, but right. I, I think the problem you encounter with a startup doing that is that you may have given away all your runway when a time comes for you to actually get real financing from a bank or a lender or an investor, right? Okay. So you need to be careful about doing that uh, at the beginning, I would okay. say. Okay. And that's just a financial that's just that's a just one aspect of it. <laughs> that's right. just a financial thing, right? right. You know. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. What are the essentials that every business owner needs to have in place? Uh, and examine periodically. You mentioned that earlier on. Um, but before they open up the business or consider expansion, what is the checklist they have to go through? Yeah, so they have to have the right legal entity set up. If they've got a name, they need to protect that name. They either need to trademark it or copyright it. Mm-hmm. If if they're dealing with customers, they probably all dealing with customers or clients. They need to have a good standard contract to deal with those customers, and they have to have. If they're going to have employees, then they have to have some kind of an employee relations manual or handbook so that those those relationships follow a certain path and legal path as well so let's talk about trademarking right that's your 
<laughs> yes. Joe's nodding his head. Yes. You can't see his face, but trust me, it's his face that says "No bueno." <laughs> I don't actually do trademarking. I have a partner that that does. That. I have partners that do that. Yes, but yes, I help. I help clients with that. So, from personal experience, I have a family member who launched his music career. Who's actually recently on the show, and uh, he didn't secure counsel. And this is one of those testimonies. He didn't secure counsel, and he branded himself. I won't give the name, but he branded himself as a singer, rapper, with this name. Got an agent, produced albums, the whole deal. Three years later, and this really just happened about three months ago. I know what's coming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the train coming. Yes. Right, right. And so cease and desist. Right. Now he's had to revamp his entire production, everything, to change it to some other name. Yeah. So, how often does that that happen? How common is that that people don't bother checking to see that their name is trademarked? It is it is common, especially if you're going to use that name. I would be I would be shocked if you're going to use that name to make money, right? You're going to brand that name out in the public. It's one mm -hmm. thing to to have a service or a product that you just put on a shelf, but it's mm -hmm. another thing like your like your relative there to, to, that's going to use that name to brand or make money. It, it hopefully they would they would secure counsel early. That's what I would say. Well, they 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 didn't. I thought they did. And here's what's interesting. This is why this is such a great conversation, Joe, because you may be surrounded by people who know an industry, but they know the industry. They don't know the legalities of it in terms of even something as simple as trademark, because he has an an agent. There's people around him that know the music industry, but it never occurred to any one of them to verify that his name or some sem semblance of it wasn't already being used. And, and I'm just going to say it was so easy to check. <laughs> it was just so easy to check. Right. Google search. Well, I mean, there's, there, there, yeah. there, there's a, there's a place to check at the patent and trademark. Mm -hmm. Right. Office. Right. Yes. So now he, um, he, he found out the hard way. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So in our last couple of minutes here, what new changes have you seen that are affecting businesses that have occurred recently? Yes. So Congress every every so often passes the Defense Authorization Act to fund our, fund our military. Mm -hmm. And the last one that they did in dis, at the uh, beginning of January 2021, they inserted a provision at the end. This, this, this act is like 5,000 pages long. And right at the end, they inserted this um, – Corporate Transparency Act uh, provision, which requires all small or medium-sized business owners to give information to the U.S. Treasury about their beneficial owners. This is a massive mm. uh, obligation on small and medium-sized business owners. Wow. And so that's an area that now you are working with as well? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Joe, you've been a treat. We could actually spend another hour and not even scratch the surface. So we're going to have you back again to continue to be our our man on the street here. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you so much. Where can people track you down to learn more about you and, and inquire about your service? Yes, so they can uh, contact me at 817-602-5815 or jgarza at grablemartin.com. They can also find you on LinkedIn, too. Yes, that's You're correct. on LinkedIn, yes. Yep. Joe, we appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of your hour of Thrive Time here on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Make sure that you make it a thriving week. Until next time, keep thriving.